0: Welcome to the Resistance. Resistance? We fight for freedom. And ogres everywhere! <gasps> All right! What's the big ru <laughs> The following program is closed captioned for the... Yeah, baby. <laughs> Resistance is futile. Welcome to the beautiful campus of LCMSU, everyone. I'm your humble host, the Chancellor.
1: I'm going to share
0: Pastor Marcus Zill. Student Union with Pastor Eric Andre. How are you doing today, Eric? I'm doing great, Marcus. How are you doing? I am doing fantabulous, uh, especially now that the Liberty Conference is over and it went well. And thank you for serving as the chaplain for the week. It was great to have you service, have your uh, service in that regard. And um, Pastor Oops. Eric Andre is the campus chaplain or pastor at. Uh, a variety of schools in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and too many to mention, and every time I try to think I can do it, I always <laughs> leave some out. So let me let, me let you fill everybody in uh, where you're at, what you do, and who you're serving.
1: Yeah, so uh, as you said, in the Pittsburgh area, uh, I'm at uh, First Trinity Lutheran Church, and I serve uh, as full-time campus pastor. We are uh, within a short walk of the University of Pittsburgh and Carnegie Mellon University, a little bit of a longer walk to Chatham University and Carlo University, and a short bus ride or bike ride to Duquesne University and Point Park University. And uh, we have uh, students uh, from all those schools. Uh, maybe this year we don't have anyone from Carlo, but uh, most of our students are from Pitt and CMU. Uh, but we have students from the other schools I mentioned, as well as the local community college of Allegheny County. And uh, yeah, I serve all those schools, uh, and it's I uh, really really enjoy it.
0: Now, is um, how many of those are private or public? Are they mostly private schools? It's a
1: mix. It's mostly, yeah, mostly most of those are private schools. Pitt is kind of this, uh, it, it's an interesting uh, kind of melding of public and private that's kind of unique for Pennsylvania. But, uh, yeah, but most of them are private. Most of them are secular schools. Duquesne is a Roman Catholic institution, as is Carlo. But you know okay. Pitt and CMU, the, the two larger ones that we serve that are nearest us, they're uh, they're you know secular schools. And how, how long have
0: you been there, though? We, we, Pastor Andre and I go way back, a good twenty years or so. But yeah. how long have you been there in Pitt? Yeah, it's uh, sixteen years this month. Holy smokes! Yep. You're practically yep. Yep. an institution. I'm actually, I,
1: you know, I, I, I'm actually right now in Pittsburgh. I am the longest serving campus pastor at any of the schools and uh that you know i tell my students that that either means i've gathered up a lot of wisdom or that i'm getting old and out of touch i tell them tell me when i start getting out of
0: touch (laughs) now you're you're hardly out of you're hardly out of touch and you do a fantastic job and if anybody's thinking about where they want to send their kids to school if there's any programs at any of those schools i can't commend your you and Pastor Spatel and your campus ministry and your congregation, I've been the privileged to be there a couple, three times. It's a absolutely fantastic place. What, what is your uh, church's website?
1: Uh, the church's website is simply firsttrinity.net, spelled out, firsttrinity.net. Okay. And then our, our student uh, ministry website is lss, as in Lutheran Student Fellowship, pgh as in pittsburgh lsfpgh.com i will say that website is a little bit under renovation right now there is information on there but it's not where uh, we're, we're kind of redeveloping uh, that site but you know people are
0: welcome to check it out and uh if you want to check out a little bit more about uh, what goes on in terms of campus ministry in pittsburgh there was recently a lutherans engage the world article including a little video uh, that's fantastic. Okay. I'm going to link to that when the program airs here, but uh, you can—I'll make sure that that link is available too. But great campus ministry. Thank you for all you do, and thank you for your service at uh, at Liberty as our chaplain. Hey, Mark. Thank, thank, thank you. Thank you for what you're doing. Thanks for the thanks
1: for the kind words.
0: Well, uh, one of the th- reasons why I wanted to invite you on today, I'm trying to go through and invite people. I don't get to go to any of the sectionals at these conferences because I'm running around. kind of playing host and such and uh, you did a sectional that I thought was worth putting on I'm trying to get many of them on the radio and kind of talk through so people didn't have a chance to go and we can share uh, what was talked about with our students to a wider audience you did a sectional on uh, related to Dietrich Bonhoeffer why don't you fill us in what what's kind of the background here tell us about this
1: well, you know, uh, the conference, of course, uh, liberty, uh, specifically, we looked at issues of religious liberty. and uh, when you asked me to do a sectional, um, I started to think about what i you know what I should discuss. And uh, I asked my students uh, for some suggestions. And pretty much at the same time as they suggested that I talk about Bonhoeffer and civil disobedience, you emailed me and suggested the same thing. So I said, well, it certainly ties in well, and i've been I've been doing a lot of. Research and, and some writing on Bonhoeffer over the years, so uh, it was a natural fit. And, and I it's think certainly timely probably, when
0: you look at you know we've got all these protests going on, all this anxiety, yeah. all sorts of craziness yeah. going on out there too today. Yeah,
1: and and I think I think most uh, probably a lot of your listeners are familiar with Bonhoeffer, but just just a very brief sketch. Yeah, please. Uh, he was a, 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 G- a G- German Lutheran pastor uh, during the years of the Third Reich, nineteen oh six. Uh, he was born he was executed by the nazis in 1945 uh partly for his uh assistance in helping some jews escape germany and also uh because of his involvement uh in in uh in, in the resistance uh, he was part of uh, a group within the uh, military counterintelligence the Abwehr, that you know plotted to assassinate hitler and um, so he was eventually imprisoned and, and executed in 1945. uh he also served. He served as a campus pastor actually for a while in Berlin uh, in the early 1930s, and then he served really as the, the you know the, the president, the one professor, uh, everything for the underground seminary of the Confessing Church in Finkenwald. and uh, And so he wrote. You know, his most famous book is probably the Cost of Discipleship. I think his best works are Life Together, which is uh, oh, yes. an exploration of Christ- Christian community, and then he wrote a little book on prayer. Uh, called Psalms, the prayer book of the Bible. That's fantastic. And, uh, yeah, so I mean, I, I basically addressed how, how did Bonhoeffer come, how, how could a good Lutheran pastor come to the conclusion to participate um, in and with uh, those who were, uh, you know, planning the assassination of Hitler? And So that's what we looked at. We looked at, you know, his, his
0: civil disobedience, if you will, um, and uh, kind of unpacked that uh, a little bit. Well, you know, I, with my many years serving as a campus pastor, uh, the cost cost of discipleship is, you know, a lot of evangelicals read that still today. Uh, yeah. I, I, I routinely, not routinely, but once a year, once every couple of years, would get questions uh, along the lines of Dietrich Bonhoeffer of of you know what would it take for you to be willing to do what what he did and what he was willing to do, yeah. and so this is a I think this is always going to be a timely topic. Um, yeah. But. Uh, Flesh this out a little bit for us So when we talk about the civil disobedience. Uh, um, take us wh- wherever you'd like to take us. But, uh, you know, what does the scriptures have to say about this and uh, how should we approach this? Yeah, I mean,
1: Bonhoeffer's approach, I mean, he, he grounded it very much in in scripture, in prayer. And that and that scripture and prayer calls us to action. That that love for neighbor is not merely or simply an emotion, but rather Something that we we enact, something that we do, and and of course the, you know the, there there are many uh, and, who have legitimate questions and, and question how Bonhoeffer could do this, and and they point perhaps most often to Romans thirteen, Romans thirteen one through five, where we are told to submit to the governing authorities. Sure. Um, however, uh, even through the history of the Reformation, even even Luther himself, who has often been accused of what we might call. You know, unconditional quietism—in other words, it's kind of unconditional submission to the governing authorities. Luther himself, especially the mature Luther, you know, he, he wrote—he uh, wrote in one of his tracks, "Warning to my dear German people." He he said, "You know, if 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 the if the leader, if the governmental leader, if the if the king, if the prince, or, or in our day, if the president or prime minister or chancellor has, has chancellor, turned into love, a chancellor." I love the name yeah,
0: chancellor.
1: Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, and if he or she has turned into, uh, if he or she has become the opposite of what they should be, if they are not fulfilling their calling and vocation to protect and defend, but rather have become a tyrant, a robber, a murderer, then Luther said, in the name of the law, in the name of justice, and acting in the left-hand realm, in the civil political realm, we have to defend family, neighbor, and so on. And that may even mean uh, through through violent means, and and, uh, and and it's interesting because Romans thirteen, you know, that, that begins with uh, uh, submission to governing authorities, mm-hmm. uh, has to be has to be tempered uh, by a couple passages. One within its own context, at the at the end of that, uh, in the middle of that chapter in Romans thirteen, at the end of that section, it tells us love does no harm to the neighbor love is the fulfillment of the law, mm. right? So we have, we certainly have an obligation to the governing authorities, but we also have an obligation to our neighbor. And even more than that, we have an obligation, Acts 5, to obey God rather than men. So so when the Nazis, you know, tell us uh, or compel us to participate either directly or indirectly in the slaughter of innocents, we, we cannot in good conscience do that. Everhard Beckett, who was the the best friend, uh, cousin, and biographer of Bonhoeffer, he said, he said, it was difficult to do what we did, but it wasn't a difficult decision. We knew we had to do it as Christians. We knew we had to, we had, we had to stand up. And 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 so Bonhoeffer grounded, you know, grounded what he did in Scripture. Uh, one of the, one, one night he was meeting with a group of young seminarians, and one of them, you know, asked him pointedly, "Well, what, what about Christ's maxim in Matthew twenty-six? You know, uh, that all who take up the sword." All who take up the sword will perish by the sword. And Bonhoeffer's reply was, yeah, that that word is valid for our circle as well. Hmm. We have to accept that we are subject to that judgment. But there is now need of such men as will accept its validity for themselves. In other words, he was saying, yes, if we take up the sword, we will have to accept the, the consequence that we that we very well might die by the sword and, and, he, and of course
0: he received it he, i mean he was hung and he did right he know? He, in a, he he took up the sword not not directly he was
1: not one of the right, direct right. you know bomb planters and stuff. but he as a group he was he was part of the group that took up the sword against hitler and then he was one of those who died by the sword of hitler and so for me this is an example at the very least of courage and it's an example of love um you know, very very early on, Bonhoeffer understood this. Uh, he he wrote, I think it was in 1933, not long after Hitler's rise to power. He talked about uh, this in a, in, a, in a pamphlet called "The Church and the Jewish Question," an essay, hmm. and he said, you know, the church has a prophetic responsibility towards the government. Uh, it, it, it must call the government to uh, to to act as government to protect the weak. It has an obligation to. Uh, those that are harmed by an unjust government, the church has an obligation to, to bandage the wounds, uh, to, to serve those neighbors who have been harmed. And finally, he said the, the, um, the church may even have to stick a spoke in the wheel, may even have to, you know, take the keys from, uh, and or, or take out the madman himself who is driving the car down the sidewalk, plowing over people. And, um, and, and again, he, he grounded this in prayer and scripture, and he grounded it in a sense of the church. He said, this, is, this can never be an individual. thing. I don't take this upon myself individually or because I as an individual have been hurt. I take it on corporately with a corporate conscience within discussions within the church, and I take it on uh, for the neighbor, not for myself. Um, and you know, for Bonhoeffer and, and others like him, you know the, the, all the legal recourses for dissent had been removed. I mean, thank God, literally, thank God, here in America, we still do have free speech, free assembly, free petition. You know, open elections. Uh, these things have been removed. So and, this was um, a first
0: choice. It wasn't. Woohoo! We get right. to, we get to be the resistance. It was a last. Right. A last effort.
1: Civil disobedience is a last but legitimate resource. But only if it's marked by a willingness to suffer the consequences. If it's marked by unselfishness, by sacrifice, and again, like what I like to call this corporate conscience—that we, that we act together. Um, so I think you know I think Bonhoeffer is an example for us of courage and how to think through things and how and how to see holiness as holiness is something that acts out for the neighbor, not that uh, treats the law as a checklist for one's own uh, feelings of self-righteousness.
0: Wow! No, this is a. Uh... This is great stuff. Now, and later on in uh, Bonhoeffer's life, I know there, there's some some people question. You know, did his did his views change over time? Did his confession change? Uh, what can you tell us about that?
1: Well, you know, a lot of that is based on. The, it's interesting. Bonhoeffer is one of the most widely loved and one of the most widely, I could even say, hated and certainly critiqued uh, sure. figures in, in the last century of the Christian Church and um i think a lot of that is based on misunderstandings misrepresentations and an unfair appropriation of a lot of stuff that he wrote in prison so you know letters and papers from prison is one of the books that has been published under his name but when you think about it it's not a, it's not a book that he wrote he didn't write a, he didn't sit down and say i'm going to write a book called letters and papers from prison he wrote personal letters Many, many of them, especially again to his best friend Eberhard Betke, in which he says things like uh, this. He'll say he'll he'll put forth some kind of uh, very deep, very nuanced, and, and very challenging thoughts. And he'll say, "This is stuff, Eberhard. This is stuff that I'm thinking through, and I'm glad to have you to think through with it because I can can trust you. I'm not even sure exactly what it is I'm trying to get at. I'm still forming these thoughts. So these are these are personal letters." They're, they're, they're thinking, brainstorming. They're while he is in prison, mind you, right? So uh, to build any kind of systematic theology around those i think is 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 simply unfair and, and that being said i should say there is a lot of incredibly good stuff in those letters and papers from oh, prison yeah. especially especially in terms of what we would call the theology of the cross of, of the nature of suffering and suffering is a key to to understanding our place in the world but uh, but i think some of the things. Well, real quick I, been, I, I routinely yeah,
0: yeah. um for 20 years have used uh um, the uh, the sermon that he wrote for a couple that was getting married. Um, yes. Oh, that's a great. I, I have thought. used yeah. that. I have made every couple that I've ever married. I think, with the exception of a couple, uh, actually read through that. We walk through it, and it's just you know. I, and he basically couldn't be at the wedding. He's in prison. <laughs> he was going to do this wedding, yeah. and he writes right. this this beautiful uh, what what comes yep. across as a letter is really it's the sermon that I couldn't give, so he gave it yeah. to them. It's yep. just There's a lot of wonderful stuff there too, as you said. I just want to. uh,
1: uh, Oh yeah, and for your listeners, that that sermon on or that letter and sermon on marriage that's available online. You can you can look up that and think the whole thing is there. In fact, the last the last wedding sermon I preached, I think it was the last one I preached. I I incorporated a good bit of that, and then uh, Logia Logia Journal of Lutheran Theology published uh, that that wedding sermon that I preached, where I relied quite a bit on Bonhoeffer. Oh, absolutely, yeah, real good stuff. It's fantastic. Yeah.
0: So, yeah. what is his? Uh, I know that in a lot of uh, other church bodies, I mean, isn't there an entire works like a like a Bonhoeffer's works that uh, has been yeah. p- put together is and it's been a, yeah. it's been a little bit more popular in kind of the ELCA more liberal Lutheran circles. Um, what's what's the scoop yeah. behind that? Is yeah, it, is it because they're uh, trying? Is it kind of like Luther? You know, everybody. You know, once you've become. Famous or infamous, as it were, then you know Luther had to deal with the the peasant wars, tight you know the peasant uprising, and other people trying to glom on because they had other uh, agenda items to to tick off. Is that kind of what's happened with that in terms of Bonhoeffer as well?
1: Yeah, yeah, you know, I'm not sure, but I think part of it is Bonhoeffer was a very deep, uh, eclectic, and broad thinker, and uh, his 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 theology was such that. He engaged he, he engages people across the board because he engages so, such a varied amount of subjects in, in in such a Uh, like I said, deep way. It's, it's, it's hard to exactly put your finger on it, but he, the the Dietrich Bonhoeffer works English edition was completed from, from the German and actually has additional information that isn't even in the German original because it it came out, you know, was discovered later and stuff. So that, but anyway, that Dietrich Bonhoeffer works uh, English edition was completed. I think maybe about, about three years ago, Uh, the ELCA's publishing house, Augsburg Fortress uh, did publish it. Um, It's interesting to read it sometimes with some of the editorial footnotes. You know, sometimes where he, for for example, Bonhoeffer, I'll give one example. Bonhoeffer was, one of his strengths was he, he was extremely Christ-centered. Extremely Christ-centered. The foundation, all, one of his favorite passages to quote, and you find in many of his writings is from Colossians where it says, all things consist in Christ. And so, for example, he sees, as as you and I would, Marcus, he sees uh, the Old Testament through the lens of Christ. He sees the Old Testament as, a book about Christ and a book leading to Christ, and as Christ's book. And sometimes uh, some of the more, yeah, liberal, let's call them uh, theologians and commentators, will kind of try to excuse this away. They'll say, well, this is an importing of something that's alien to the Old Testament, and of course we can't agree with Bonhoeffer here. So you'll get these kind of editorial footnotes. Uh, but the strength of the Deacon Bonhoeffer works, and there's a lot of strength to them. They're, they're meticulously indexed. Uh, the introductions are, are, are very helpful. Uh, and, of course, the, the main strength is you can read all of Bonhoeffer's pertinent stuff in a, in a historical context, and it includes also material from others, especially letters and things like that. So, I mean, for someone who wants to dig into who is this guy and what did he really say, because I hear so many different and disparate things, uh, that's that's a place to do it. Now, it can be overwhelming. And that's why I mentioned earlier. You know, the the, the books that if someone's not familiar with them, the books that I would start with are are books like Life Together and Prayer Book of the Bible. Sure. Uh, But yeah, I think you can almost they have
0: you can get used editions where they're kind of both in the same thing, if I recall. I think you're right. I think you're right. Yeah. Is there 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 a single great uh, biography that someone you know kind of a popular style biography that people can read on on his life that you might? Yeah, boy.
1: There are so many biographies out of there. And, and it's funny, you, you, you threw in the word popular, or I would have said, because, you know, accessible. I mean, the standard biography on him is Eberhard Betke's, which is simply called Bonhoeffer. I think it's subtitled, I don't know, A Man for Our Times or something. But anyway, it's the Eberhard Betke. But it's not that accessible because it's a 1,000 pages. Um, CPA's, Concordia Publishing House, put out a, a small one that I think actually is, is, is nice. Uh, it's. Uh, it's called. It's by Theodore Kleinhans, if I remember correctly, and I read it a few That's years cool. ago. Um, and it's it's a nice little biography. Eric Metaxas put one out a few years ago that is very accessible and popular, especially among evangelicals. And of course, Eric Metaxas himself is an evangelical, so it kind of has 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 that that spin on it. But the best um, thing to
0: do is yeah. to, to start with life together. I mean that. I mean it, it just yeah. doesn't really get much better than that. As far as and, and life over. together,
1: life together. If you buy the Harper Collins edition, has also a little introduction, little introductory biography, okay, uh, man, and as right. does as does Psalm the Parable of the Bible. If you buy that that edition from Oliver Fortress, that also has a biography as an appendix. So there, you'll get a little biography. You'll get those. Yeah, I mean that, that that's kind of where I would start. And you're right; they also come out in one volume. The Dietrich Bonhoeffer Works edition has both of those in in one volume.
0: So that's you know that's worth having so as back- well. We got just a couple minutes here, but back to, to kind of put a bow on this, this whole question of civil disobedience. If, if you're a yeah. college student you struggle with these questions, you know, the, people always go to the extreme examples. You know, what would it take for you to consider, you know, bucking the government?
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. what, what would you yeah. tell a
0: college student? Uh, what kind of encouragement would you give to them in this regard?
1: Well, first of all, Bonhoeffer, of course, is an example of civil disobedience, but he's not only an example of that. As I said, he's an example, first and foremost, in, in his action of love for neighbor. So to the college student, I would say, if you love your neighbor, which you do because you're a Christian, and that's what Christians do, then you take action. Then you take action. Then you, then you get involved. Uh, and, of course, I, we, you and I know very well that college students... Uh, have their time stretched very thin, and they can't be involved in every just cause that's out there. But find one or two things, be, be involved in the pro life movement. Go to the March for Life this week. Uh, you know, we have a homeless ministry here at the church that g- literally is is kind of like a daughter mission of our of our campus ministry. It grew out of a study that we did on on vocation, and we started talking about what our neighbors that we're not serving that we could corporately. And the homeless ministry got out of that, and so we we, have, we go out on Sunday afternoons uh, with lunches in our community and quarterly. Uh, the The homeless community and the poor community come to us and we distribute toiletries and clothing and things like that. but get involved. Do, take action and do these kind of things because it, it, first of all because it's what you do, it's who you are sure. it's the, and it's the right and it's the right thing and also it's it's a powerful witness to the community and, and these people need these things. They, they are the hungry and thirsty whom the sheep you know feed and give drink to and, and clothe. and so take action and, and if you wish to go you know, if you wish to go a step further, uh, protest is certainly legitimate. We we have in this democracy, in this free country, the right to protest unjust laws and unjust actions, and be involved in protest if you so choose. Choose choose the right things. As I said, I think for us, civil disobedience can even be you know legitimate. I know you know that, that's of course kind of controversial, um, but again, that has to be understood in light of if we compare ourselves to the Bonhoeffer era in Germany. That that for us will will come much later since we have many other recourses sure. and we and are, we are to, to be to, a
0: people of we are to look for peace we don't go looking for reasons to to protest we want to live at peace with with all people well 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 and, and well protest
1: can be peaceful sure. I mean let me let me just well, say well, you no know, right, pro- protest. Right protest. Can, I mean, when I say you can be involved in protest, I'm not saying be sure. violent and turn over garbage cans and light cars on fire. I'm saying, you know, you can, you can, I mean, the March for Life is a kind of protest. It's yeah, a protest a against thing. the unjust law. Or, yeah, it's a wonderful thing. So, um, and, and, and I would say that goes for civil disobedience as well. As you said, we are, we are a people of peace uh, and and uh, yeah, But but to the college students, get involved. There are many excellent campus organizations. Ask your campus pastor, ask what groups that he's familiar with. I mean, in my 16 years here, I've gotten to know a lot of the campus groups and, and where they're coming from and what they're doing and, and whether it's pro-life groups or Habitat sure. for Humanity oh, yeah. or, or, you know, so there's, well, there's a lot we Pastor can do. Pastor Andre, um, this has yeah. been
0: fantastic. Uh, thank you again for putting this topic in front of us. And uh, we look forward to having you again on, on uh, maybe in the student union down the line. Hey, Marcus, I appreciate it. Thanks so much. Take care. Well, that's all we have time for here in the Student Union. Thanks for joining us today. Remember, college is tough. You need Jesus, we'll help. <laughs>